Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I'm here. I'm no longer the host, but that's okay. It's okay. You know, it's, I had uh, had my time. I was I got host for the live one, which probably counts for like a hundred or something. It, I mean, it certainly counts for more than one. There's, yeah, there's no sure. doubt about it. Yeah, it's like I think you get you almost get like one for every single person in attendance. Mm, okay, yeah, well then we're yeah, a lot closer yeah, to even. All, all, all of a sudden, it's like it's a close race. All of a sudden, I think I'd still be losing, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, uh, but we're we're doing great here on episode two oh four. Two oh four. How about that? How about yeah. that? Well, so quick shout out to the uh, of course quarterly merch which i'm so excited about at the moment uh it I can, is i can hold it up here yeah if you're watching on the video version of the pop you can actually see the rocks glass that has a d20 embedded into the side of it just melted right clean there. right there into the middle melted clean um, in melted clean in. it is honestly just a really cool cup i feel like it has a conversation piece I it's know. awesome it's got the popcorn culture logo on it and of course uh if you do sign up at patreon.com slash popcorn culture it does in fact also come with a digital download of a brand new episode of uh D featuring jay and myself and the rest of the scb team which is just going to be a hooting and hollering good time all the way around again patreon.com slash popcorn culture otherwise yeah. The rest of the SCB team, which as of today will include a brand new person. Yes. Yes, indeed. I feel like our bingo boards need to be updated because yeah. we now have Isabel, the editor. Isabel, the editor, who will be editing the show. Yes. Yes, indeed. So if you're hearing our voice, you now know that Isabel is the one who, in fact, edited it and apparently did an amazing job. Apparently. We're so, we're so proud of her already. Wow. Just Bravo. do it. Truly. Yeah. Big, big round of applause. Wherever wherever you're sitting in your car or in your kitchen or uh, mowing your lawn is, is, is so frequently the place where I listen to my podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, just, just take a, a quick moment to, to give Isabella a big round just of applause. Just a little fist pump or something. Yeah, a fist pump. That's also yeah. a good one too. Yeah, like a little, little pound it. Yeah, just anyone watching, they'll be like, that guy just had a moment. Yes. Whatever it was, he had well, a personal victory. Right, right, right. Like yeah. something, something, something just something happened just in their died. world and it's like, yeah, yeah. Not not bad, not bad. Cool. Actually, that is like a moment to witness. It's just like like if you're like, you know, out, you know, walking your dog or something, and you see somebody in their front yard and they just give like a little like, you know, like like self like like fist fist in the air like like yes, victory, yeah. jab at the mm-hmm. sky. It's sort of like, oh man, what a, I don't even know what happened there, but I'm just something good i'm just so glad have for you have you can you recall a specific moment where you like got extremely good news extremely by yourself and just had like a little like like literally leaped into the air 
with excitement? Oh man, what a question! What a question! I feel like it, it almost immediately like sent me down like the the style of existence that I that I uh, subscribe to mm-hmm. as as the Ben Carlin style of existence as I've just now coined it. Okay, um, which is that almost all good news mandates uh, the the uh, accompaniment of others. Oh, it's oh sure. Like like I don't know if there's like I'm trying to think if there are occasions like I can imagine watching a football game or like a sporting event by myself and cheering on my own but like for the most part i i I reach maximum enjoyment of such occasions in the in the uh companionship with others like for sure um, i've had there have been some moments where like it'll be like the maybe the sunday night game or something where beth has already gone to bed and i'll just be like downstairs you know watching the the end of the you know the commander's game or something yeah and it'll like out of nowhere be like an incredibly close game and I will be like walking around and it's so funny because I'll be like I'll get really invested and I'll be like you know sort of I have no one to talk to so and and I have to be really quiet because everyone else is asleep but I'll be like privately super excited like walking around my living room like whispering to myself like you're all because of you know <laughs> that's so yeah. amazing that, yeah i mean and that's you know that's what sports are for, that's know, what sports to, are to, for. to give you that to give you that that wonderful wonderful sensation yeah. of celebration um but otherwise you know i feel like i'm i i would almost bet that like at my truest of course i'm a rather solemn person mm. um or or for some reason i feel like uh the need to hide my excitement from things and but deli- you'd be completely by yourself i know i will i know I, and, and that's the thing that's why i was trying to I was, I was trying to figure out whether or not i can think of an occasion where i got really good news on my own yeah and so maybe maybe it's just the case that most of my good news is have happened in the in the company of others which for the most part i'm almost always with someone almost always well know? this is the thing though like if you're in like leap in the air kind of news it's not just good news it's probably great news and i feel like great news transcends inhibitions well that's the idea yeah. at the very least yeah it, it certainly can and should mm. um but I, yeah and it's so weird it's so weird because i'm even thinking about it like like i feel like when when like addy was born for example yeah. i feel like even inside of that moment like i was actively you know like crying and stuff oh, like that yeah, like i yeah, was yeah, I, yeah. I was tearing up but i even feel like inside of that moment i was still sort of like surrounded by a group of people i wasn't a thousand percent sure that like alice was like completely like safe and oh, like yeah. clear because it was you know like mm-hmm. the whole delivery was intense and stuff and so like i think inside of that moment um I, it's like it's like i was controlling my like sense of overjoy uh because i was also simultaneously like terrified but like obviously like one of the best moments of my entire life obviously you know like uh, in it's but like but like even inside of that moment i can go back to it and i can know like i was like looking at the doctors i was trying to like read the room i was trying to read the situation i was trying to read if like ali was okay ali was like in a pure state of euphoria so that's good yeah she was she was like nothing could like she was on you know the cloud nine like just most difficult physical endeavor of her entire life Mm -hmm. like just accomplished and like in no way shape or form was even remark like like remotely focused on that aspect of it just like to be holding addy so um she was she was like much more good but I, I i could tell like inside of that moment like i almost needed like space and time to like get away from it so that like i almost could celebrate privately which is also weird because as i just said i literally don't typically celebrate privately like i'm more inclined to celebrate with others but mm-hmm. like those others need to be like my pre-qualified like this is somebody i i feel vulnerable enough with to celebrate with oh okay as well yeah you wouldn't want strangers to know you were happy oh 
gosh. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, can you imagine like like what, what that would tell about you and, I know. and what makes you happy to the outside world? Got to keep those things very close very to the chest. To the- <laughs> I'm realizing how sad this is as I'm saying it out loud. It's like, oh, goodness gracious. Oh, man. That, um, that's funny. I remember personally when... Um, we it was post uh, after Beth and I had been engaged and we had like we had bought our first house but we were not uh, married yet so I was living there by myself and there was this like space of time where um we were like sort of starting to make it like on YouTube but I still had my regular job and I was living by myself so like those th- these are the circumstances of my life and I had like written an article for this website called Movie Pilot which is now defunct and doesn't exist anymore yeah. I'd written a bunch for them and because their whole thing was that they did like um like th- they were like the YouTube of blogs almost like, yeah like yeah. it was it was sort of like a uh, like YouTube itself is not exactly known for the creation of its own original content they, yeah. are, they are the landing page and home place you know for such content to, yeah. to live of its own accord right. and I've always you know it's always funny because I know exactly what you're about to say yeah but like literally what what this particular site did was event, was essentially be like a blog website that didn't write any of its own content but had other people write on its back half and therefore it like was able to generate traction both for the writer themselves but then also for the the website itself exactly and for uh, i've never compared it to youtube before but it is very very similar and it was and like before they before they went like um defunct they were like working on like a like some sort of um adsense style program where you know the more views your article got the you know you would get paid out for it i don't think i ever benefited from that however i did benefit in one major way which is that um because i was writing articles on there um i was writing a lot of stuff about um pixar and like disney stuff could kind of to correlate with whatever video we just released yeah as like a way to sort of like promote the latest video in exactly a yeah yeah so um they had got it because they were like this website that got tons of traction. They had been, they were like on like the press junket cycle for like Pixar and stuff like that. So they were, uh, the good dinosaur was about to come out, but they didn't have any staff writers to send to Pixar to do the reporting. Right. So they just reached out to, um, me <laughs> who was running a lot of Pixar stuff for them and asked if I wanted to go on their behalf. And I was like this, I mean, just such a moment. I remember I was on the, I was on like a video call, uh, with a guy named, I was on a Skype, with a guy named Marcus who worked at um, Movie Pilot, and he was telling me the whole thing there, and I'm just like holding it together the whole time. And I got off the call, and I was just like in my living room, just like literally jumping in the air, like, "Oh my gosh, what is happening? Like, I'm getting, I get to, I'm about to get to go to Pixar, Pixar for free, and like interview like Pete Doctor and meet the cast of Inside Out and like preview the Good Dinosaur. Like, what is happening? I know, yeah, you yeah. got, you had such, I mean, like the timing of it, like. Like inside out is, is some of like Pixar's just all time best yeah. work altogether, and and to interview Pete Doctor oh, of all I people, I mean that's just like that's yeah. the guy. That's that, the I mean, one. this is the guy. Yeah. This was this was pre I think him being like the head creative person either. So he was just yeah. you know um, the just he just directed Inside Out. So they were it was the DVD release of Inside Out, and then um, premiering the like like an early preview of the Good Dinosaur. That was what we were really there for. But then like I was super I was more excited about the Inside Out stuff. Absolutely, which yeah, um, yeah. yeah was super 
so I remember, yeah, a person was celebrating, like d- jumping into the air with excitement over that. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, despite right. having no one there to share with. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the thing. I mean, that's the glory of like such particular like good news in that capacity where it's just like, oh my gosh, the thing happened. The thing happened. The thing happened. <laughs> oh man, which is, yeah, that's that's super cool. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I do remember that too. I mean, that was like, it, it's funny <gasps> because like, you know, like for, for all intents and purposes, like that was... It, it came at such an interesting time in like the overall trajectory of the channel yeah. um, in that like this was almost like it was almost not I mean it was like we were right you were writing the articles because of the fact that we were we were posting like the YouTube videos and everything associated but like you were not really going entirely on behalf of Super Carlin Brothers nor was it like paid nor did it like necessarily like specifically dictate that now we could do this as like full-time jobs or anything which I I do think was very closely attached to when you went full time. It was anyway, but yeah, it, it was very near that time. I guess it would have been like this would have uh, the good dinosaur would have come out in June. That's typically when Pixar releases movies. I think. Why um, do I feel? Why did I think it was a November release for for Good Dinosaur? Maybe that's the case. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Because you um, went in October. I went in. I I became full time in October. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a later release for the Good Dinosaur. So I don't know. I know it was a period where we were not quite married yet. So the the trip had to have happened pre June. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, yeah. that's a good point. That's or I guess point. We, yeah, I guess I could have gotten the news and then we could have gotten. I, I don't know. I know that back at the at the concert venue I used to work at, nice there was this like cross. There was this hilarious crossover at this moment, which maybe it's just like one of those things where the universe is like, okay, Jonathan, here's a nice little crossroads of life for you. Choose a path. Yes, like, they had. Um, like so because so there was two people who worked there me like the uh, the marketing manager and then there was the director of marketing above me and that you know we were the whole team so typically the director would handle shows coming into the coliseum because they're like the bigger more seats things and then i would handle the shows coming into the theater and then you know um but this one was the first time that they had given they were like all right we're, we have miranda lambert coming so we're gonna and we're gonna let you handle it like all the advertising you know coming up with the marketing plan and all stuff for that and it was like oh man that's i get to do a coliseum show Whoa. which i know oh my gosh and so this was like a, a big act coming which like there it sounds like it's a bigger responsibility and it is because there's more money and stuff on the line but at the same time shows coming to the coliseum often meant that the popularity of the people coming was such that it didn't end up always being as hard to sell them i i can you know? see that yeah it's like it's like if it's a smaller show when you, and you have overall like fewer seats involved it might be the type of thing where it's like part of the reason that it's not in the coliseum is probably because it's like a slightly i mean not to say obscure act it's still being yeah. you know brought Maybe to like like a major a, but it's like a comedians and stuff sure sure, a lot sure. Of times. Yeah. yeah yeah that makes <clears> sense so I, I could actually see where like maybe your creative like uh responsibilities are even greater selling for a like a smaller tier thing than like a higher tier thing which yeah. has all of its own clout yeah yeah for for sure. I mean, there were certain bands, like if it was like a rock show coming, that typically didn't sell as well, but we didn't do a lot of those. For at the time, um, Miranda Lambert coming to the Coliseum was about as easy to sell as announcing that Miranda Lambert was coming to the Coliseum. Yeah, and then everybody was like, <laughs> oh was like yeah, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she just, I mean, I didn't have to do almost any work for it, but um, then the 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 trip was going to coincide with the date. Like I was going to arrive back like in the afternoon 
on the Sunday of the show. And it was like, I remember telling my boss, like, hey, I'm going to be out of office. And they're like, okay, um, you've got a concert that weekend. It's sort of like uh, this big thing we gave you. And it was like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there for sure. I'm going to be there. Right. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going on this trip. So <laughs> that, that is really funny because I mean, it's like, I, I don't think I've ever actually contextualized this before. Cause I know that you've talked about this particular, like, uh, you know, phase of your life and stuff like that. But one of the things that I wasn't as aware of is that like, there is a reasonable chance that they were like literally like preparing you uh, for greater responsibilities like underneath that umbrella. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's almost as if like, you know, if you had spent maybe even like one more year, like your career in, like underneath like the Berglund Center or even just doing like, you know, uh, event marketing and stuff like that, like literally may have like truly uh, started to like blossom in yeah. its own way. Yeah, it um, totally could have. It, I mean, it, it's very possible. I remember after after we did get married, there was this sort of like looming like decision about like, do I want to continue? Like, should I like, st- should we stop doing YouTube in order for me to like maybe just like give my full attention to my actual full-time job because it was like as long as youtube was like a possibility it was like it it was always going to be the thing i wanted more but like at some point you know it was like i need to focus more on like my my future so is it more responsible to you know try and focus on this and like get promoted and get more of like a a genuine career out of what i'm doing or should we keep up with YouTube? And obviously, you know, a decision ultimately made and it paid off. hit so far. It's been with been the correct decision. And I think either way, the correct decision was going to be to leave that job because I was just getting not real happy there after a while. But, right, right, right. Yeah. Which, yeah, certainly makes sense. A little bit burnt out and that the, all the rest. But what's, what's kind of interesting about it is to go back to our original question of like getting like really good news is that like the I, I remember the day that you and I sat down at your kitchen table uh, at your at your first house that you and Beth had bought together and having sort of like the discussion about this exact thing, which was sort of like, you know, we, we did not have the kind of like income or anything for both of us to do it. Right. Um, But I think that we both recognize that like the only way to take the next step was going to be for somebody to be doing it full time. So they could be dedicating like all of their thoughts and energy into this particular thing. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is that like one of the most significant, you know, moments of our life so far was that day that we sat down at the kitchen table and it was sort of like, okay, like, you know, why don't we do this? Like, you know, like you'll be doing a lot more work. So why don't we give you more of like, you know, the total income so that it can account for like what you're, uh, like, you know, stepping away from at, right. your, at your current career. Uh, and then in the meantime, like, because I'm still doing like the aquarium business, like, you know, I can dedicate like one full day of the week where I'll just come and like, we'll produce like the Ben video or right. whatever that week. Um, and then, you know, that way it's sort of like, like I'm involved, I'm still making, you know, some amount of income from this venture that we've got together, but you're able to like take it on as like a full-time responsibility. And like, what's, what's wild is that like, in terms of moments of our life, like if you could go back and like replay it, like it's not the most momentous occasion. There's no pomp and circumstance attached to it whatsoever. But like 
it was one of the biggest decisions that we ever made in our life. It was one of the best decisions that we ever made yeah. in our life. And like, so, you know, if, if you ever got to, you know, the, the, the great beyond or whatever, you know, when you have the ability to go back and like replay moments of your life, like you might literally like, you know, grab a, a bottle of instant air champagne, which is how I assume it works. Mm. You know, is that like, you know, anything you need or want, you can just sort of like summon it to yourself. Yeah. But like you could like, we could just go back and like literally like watch that, like that conversation unfold and be like, you guys look at you go, look at you go. Like what, what a great thing. And like, like, you know, I would like leave that day and go home and like, you know, watch reruns of How I Met Your Mother or something. Right. Like, yeah. Like the rest of the day was not like, like stupendous in some way. Like it, it wasn't like that was the only thing that happened that day. It was just one of the conversations of that day. Like I, I, I even at the time. I wouldn't have any enough scope, enough knowledge about what would come to realize how momentous it truly was. Right. Um, Which is cool. But it's also like it's like, you know, you you. I don't know. Maybe this is like where like film and stuff like that sort of like presents moments and in situations in life or, or maybe other people are just simply better at recognizing when like a, a massive thing happened, you know, but I think I'm always sort of like hedging my my worry of failure, my my concern that like something might might right. not work out that like my excitement is is paired with my apprehension. Right. You know, where it's like like I was equal parts, you know, it was like I, I was like, this is pretty wild. Like, you know, we we've reached a point where like Jake can actually successfully do this. Like, you know, we'll, we'll cheers to that, you know, now let's hope it works. Right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just, I mean, you, I, I think, yeah, I think back to that sometimes like you and Beth both really just like took a like a, a nice uh, took quite a bet on the situation on me. <laughs> so that is, yeah. but, so thank you so much for believing in me. Yes, <laughs> in of course. <laughs> yeah. It, even that though. I mean like that, that was not something um, I think at that point in time, especially I was still having pretty massive um, like identity related things attached to where I existed in this, in this like, you know, creator sphere mm-hmm. or whatever, where I was like, I was like, I, like from the very beginning, like I, this is something I thought about over the weekend that I hadn't thought about for probably like seven or eight years. But like one of the very interesting hurdles in the beginning of doing like the Super Carlin Mother saga was like, like, you know, I certainly had to get knocked down a peg a, a, a good handful of times, like where where, you know, like you'd have to deal with the the occasional like, yeah, I only watch J videos like I don't really think Ben's got it figured out, you know, or or like, you know, like I knew that you were like creatively sort of like like embarking on something by way of doing this. And I think that I was simply trying to survive. Right. You know? yeah. Like like I was like, I know I need to make the next video. And at this point, you know, once I was a few months in, I knew enough to know that I could success successfully export three minutes of me jarbling yeah. on about some type of, you know, thought spiral that I happened to have that day, right. you know, by myself or whatever. But, um, the point is that like when we reached this particular stage, this, this moment in our career, like I, I had all the faith in the world and you that you could do it. And I was like, if Jay, if, if this is the only thing he has to think about, like he's just going to crush it because like, this is what he's always wanted to be doing. And and realistically, I feel like it was always, uh, well, I mean, exactly sort of what you described. I mean, in some ways, like 
the YouTube channel was very good for your professional career because you were building and establishing all of these skills, both at work and at home from like a video editing standpoint, from a Photoshop standpoint, from like a marketing standpoint, from like understanding how like, you know, uh, like billboard composition is because, because you were making billboards, you were also understanding thumbnails. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like transferable, like little things I picked up. So there was, yeah, I think, um, it, I, I did pick up a ton of skills at that job, which I'm very grateful for that did transfer well over to the YouTube side of things. Right. But yeah. but if anything, it, it always felt like your your um, like to call Super Carlin Brothers your hobby for that period of time. It was always the case that like it was your like you you were distracted from doing your job by doing Super Carlin Brothers for the better. And so I think that was like readily apparent. Like it was almost like like if this is if he's just able to go like full swing at this, like it's like that's going to be. Yeah, that's going to be great. And it was and it was because here we are because here we are. We're still you're yeah. still listening to the to the words being uttered. I know. I think as I think the I think your birthday was like simultaneously the um start date and just by sheer coincidence the end date i had like a like a perfect five-year time frame at the um at the concert venue where it was like i think my start date was october 25th and my end date was october like 24th or something yeah that's wild so we had and that was in 2015 when i left so i think we have just as of like a couple days ago crossed into like a like um eight years of full-time youtubeness yeah congrats on that that's (laughs) pretty impressive so that's fun yeah yeah well my so my big one was the the year that followed where i basically followed a, a similar course uh although so like you basically bought a new house in spring, uh, got married in summer and changed careers in October. And yeah. that was in 2015 mm-hmm. in big tw- year for me, <laughs> big year for you. And then in 2016, I bought my house in the spring. I broke up with somebody in summer and switched careers in October, Boom. um, which was, which was really wild because I basically ended up following like a very similar set of like beats. Yeah throughout the course of like this whole year. But like I would often go back to this like 2016, 2017 era of my life and be like, I was sort of in a major state of flux. And, and like a lot of times I'm like, I wonder what, like what, what was going on that I was like, so, so like sort of, you know, everywhere, you know, yeah. like, and it was like, Oh, because I changed almost everything about myself. Just everything. Yeah. 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 That'll do it. I think even, I think even the way I did the, the aquarium conversion was I, I think when I, when I like, I put air quotes around, like went full time. Cause I think I, what I was doing is I went from doing four days aquarium a week, one day YouTube to four days, YouTube, one day aquarium, mm. uh, for at least a little while while, cause it was like, it was really strange to like let go of this thing that I had literally been doing since I was like 12. Yeah. For sure. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't like, and, and now I don't even have an aquarium in my house. Ugh, wow. Gotta, that's crazy. I know. Got to fix that. Yeah. Got to fix that. Man. Once, once Addie's ready, I feel like that's been like, now it's like one of those things. Oh, where, like, like, like when's she going to get her first fish? To, you get yeah. like a goldfish or a, something. A, yeah. a, a gold. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably won't get a goldfish, but I will probably do something, but I feel like I want <laughs> her to remember it. Um, like Ali and I had had this conversation before about the fact that we had uh, like both of our dogs, I feel like were reasonably young uh when we had Addie. And so like one of the things that like crossed my mind, like Chewy, for example, will like likely be alive when Addie goes to college oh, or, wow. or or whatever. Like, you know, dogs of that size tend to live like a like a I think a reasonably long time. Um, you know, so it's like one of those things where I was like, did we 
accidentally deprive ourselves of the ability to have the day when we go and let Addy pick out a puppy. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you can always get a third dog. Oh okay. my God. Don't even say it. Don't even or say it. Or a cat. Yeah, Alice, you if know. you're listening right now, no, yeah, yeah, we're good. We have enough living creatures underneath our roof at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but fish, pfft. But fish, no big, no big. No big, of course. Um, It's like, if anything, it's like, it's one thing I'd probably give myself some credit for. It's like, I think I know how to do fish. Oh, yeah. At this point in my my life. Yeah. Yeah. I got that one. Got that box checked. Speaking of things you're looking forward to doing with your kids transition. Nailed it. Yeah. Boom. So we talked last week about how I started reading Luke um, Harry Potter. Yes. Yes, Yes. indeed. So that's going, the reading uh, section of it is going, I would say, slowly. I think there are, so often when we're going to bed, I think his main objective is to stay awake longer. Yeah. And so he wants to like either play or something. He doesn't always want to read. So he's not like super invested in the story itself. However, that has not stopped his like um, love of Slytherin house from blossoming like crazy. No way. <laughs> it's so funny. That is hysterical. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see. So uh, like this past weekend, um, it was supposed to be um, Addie's birthday party. It was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that got postponed. But um, we had to go pick Addie out some birthday gifts, okay. which, you know, we, we, which is a tricky business when you're going to bring your three um, sons into like a, a toy store, to a toy infested, infested environment and tell them that they're going to pick something out for someone else, but not get anything themselves. So that was the, um, those were the parameters and we like really tried to lay that on as thick as possible ahead of time. And then, you know, you got to prepare yourself as well. Like, that's what I said. You've got to stick to it. I know. You cannot buy them something. This is this is as much about buying a gift for Addy as it is about teaching our sons a lesson about giving and do not give in. This is, uh, dude, the, <clears throat> the number one question I have for mom and dad now that I'm on like the adult end of the, the or parent side of the equation is like literally the number of times when we were kids that they said no to a particular request not because they weren't actually willing to do it but because it was like an important learning moment and it was sort of like it was like now i know the number of times that like you know if if addy is pleading for like you know like pretzels or something like that it's like it's like it is extreme. We have plenty of pretzels. It is extremely easy for me to give you pretzels. They're not even like the worst snack oh, available yeah. in the house. However, like Alice and I have decided as parents to try to like limit when snack time is right. And so it's like, we are not inside of one of those windows. And it's like, it's like, it's not hard for me to appease you in this moment. What's what's like, if anything, it's hard to, stay the course exactly yeah, yeah it's like yeah. yeah it's like i don't it's like genuine i don't really care if you have pretzels right exactly yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. luke luke last night like i had there was a i had a pizza in the oven there was like five minutes left on it and i'm like we're you know five minutes away from dinner time or whatever and he comes out and he's just like can i you know he wants like a like a, a cliff bar like granola bar thing right and he is just like can i have like i didn't have a snack today i'm so hungry i'm like we're like five minutes away like no you can't have it right and he is just like he cannot understand just like but i'm just i'm so hungry and i haven't had a snack and i'm like yeah we're just not gonna have a snack before dinner it'll be ready in like five minutes you know it's like right. like it's like it's not that the granola bar is like that bad for it. it's like i'm already making the pizza like you we're gonna wait we're gonna wait. I'm not. Right. I'm not letting you have that right now. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is like the the classic marshmallow thing where yeah. it's like the marshmallow test where they, yeah. they put the kid in the environment and they're like, uh, I'm gonna set one marshmallow. If you will sit here and not touch it for two minutes, 
I will give you two marshmallows. Right. And it's sort of like that, like, you know, are, are you willing Can to be patient for it? Yeah. Yeah. But then they have to sit there and stare at it for yeah, two minutes and, and just like, you know, pick it up and touch it and like all the things. And it's like, it's so inviting, but no, but, but no. no, but no, but no. Uh, can you wait? So anyway. That. Yeah. Anyway. So we went to uh, Barnes and Noble to go get some stuff for Addie. And I mean, Barnes and Noble is like half bookstore and like half toy store. Not even just like toy store, but like a fandom toy store. It's like, if you like, I feel like, yeah, if you like this channel, then it's like, chances are like everything on the shelves will call to you. I'm like, not only am I having to resist buying my kids something, I'm like, I could just buy stuff here. You know, it's like, please come on. (laughs) You don't have this one yet. Yeah. And so like Luke now sort of knows like the markings, the Harry Potter logo and the markings and stuff like that. And of course, any Barnes and Noble has just so much Harry Potter stuff because yeah. like as a bookstore, it's got to be like almost your bread and butter, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so there's like a huge section of it and Luke immediately finds it. And, and at this point they've got it down. You know, if you want a Gryffindor or a Slytherin or a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff, anything, it probably exists. Certainly. So there's just a whole shelf of just Slytherin stuff and he finds it and it's just like, he, I mean, it was like Christmas morning, you know, he's just like, oh, oh, yeah. my, oh my God, he's like, said this pillow over here. And there's like a, you know, a Hedwig plushie over here. And I'm like, we haven't even gotten to Hedwig in the story, but like he knows, he, he, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he knows about Hedwig. He knows about the wands and he knows about the, the snakes. And he's just, you know, so excited. I'm like, it, it was so funny. And then like last night we have this like Harry Potter, like sort of not even matching game. I'm not even sure how it works. It's just got like it. What it is, is is a giant mess, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hundred tiles and there's just like 25 tiles of each house and you're supposed to I think just sort of connect them any way you want to like whoever connects four of a color first wins but you can like sort of block each other off that's not how we play it at all um, I don't know what he I mean he was inventing like his own like version of chess with it but like without a board and it was like I, I have no idea exactly how it worked but he was he was having a blast making it up but of course whatever what it, the the important thing is that the Slytherin tiles I was like okay what do these do and he's like they can just do anything they can just well they can just steal just whatever oh, <laughs> it's like, man. You know, like the other ones are like they can move sideways this one can move diagonally this one can do whatever I want right, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a god card it's yeah. a god card and yeah. I have 10 of them I'm like, okay, right. Anyway, this uh, game got real fun real fast. I know. But so then this morning I was like, he left. We put the game away except for the Slytherin tiles. You want to keep those out on the floor. (laughs) The rest of them got put away like in the castle or something. Chamber of Secrets is out on the floor. And um, I was like getting I was like laying out his clothes this morning. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. So I laid out some gray pants and like a green shirt and I just put a little tile on it. Like, look, it's Slytherin clothes. And (laughs) and sure enough, he actually came down dressed this morning. And I was like, boom, that was amazing. Amazing life hack. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. wow. So there you go. So it's been very fun to watch his just enjoyment of Slytherin House, um, you know, go go bonkers. Even though as far as the reading is gone, we have not um, even gotten to Diagon Alley yet. So, OK, so he still hasn't met Draco. We haven't met Draco yet, but goodness me, can't wait. And I mean, I hope he I, it would be so funny to me if he wanted to dress up as Draco because he could do it. No problem. He literally needs to do I mean, nothing. He other needs than, to do nothing yeah. except slick his hair back. Yeah. You know, yeah. he would have it. No, no problem. <laughs> and will you be Lucius? I would a thousand. I've got like a Lucius costume. I'm ready to go, man. I, I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. You got the cane and everything. I've got the cane. Yeah. I've got the robe. I've got the, the mask and the blonde wig. And yeah, we could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I look a little more xenophilious than Lucius in it, which is um, a bummer. 
because it's a little more kooky. But you know what? In context, it'll make sense. You do. Yeah. I, I, you know, literally, I feel like I feel like there's a chance we talked about this the last time that you yeah. dressed as Lucius. Oh, because we did Fry J on the pop. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You did have you did have much more Xenophilius vibes than uh, than Lucius vibes. You're also like a total child at heart. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like like Lucius does not seem like a child at heart. I'm not a super Lucius person in real life. No, not, not so much. Nope. Not so much. But you can walk the walk. Sort yeah, of. Sort of. You know, yeah. I can at least walk with a cane or a walking <laughs> stick. Right. With a big snake head on it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Very yep. cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that it continues to prosper. I'll be yeah. very curious to see what the ramifications of him learning that they are largely regarded as the villains of the story. Ends yeah. Up, ends up being. Or we'll if they'll just be like, be like, no, I think Slytherin had a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't feel like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think Luster will be able to, uh, to kind of, you know, figure that yeah. out. That'll be good. To parse anyway. it out, yeah. Transition. Transition. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by June's Journey. Okay, so y'all know how we love a good Easter egg in a movie. It's like the creators are just winking at you from the screen, being like, hey, if you know, you know. Well, despite these, I often feel like my eyes are on just maximum alert, scanning every little nook and cranny of every scene. But I've got to tell you that June's Journey takes this concept to a whole new level. With a murder mystery backstory, you enter room after room and are tasked with quickly locating specific objects to progress through the story. And let me tell you what, I assumed I'd be good at this, but I must have played the estate parlor room like 10 times trying to clear it faster. Then there's this whole like customization aspect where you can build out your island as you earn points. It starts as like a beautiful estate, then you can add gardens, fountains, walking paths, and so much more. So find out who murdered June's sister and get lost in the roaring 20s and discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Popcorn Culture is supported by Shopify. If you've ever purchased a candle, coffee, tea, or t-shirt from us, then you've actually interacted with our own Shopify store. Now, in case that's not clear exactly what that means, allow me to explain. Coming up with great merch can be a challenge, and figuring out where and how to sell that merch used to feel like just as difficult, until we found Shopify. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. You can sell without needing to code or design, just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop in no time. Long before I ever uploaded my first video to YouTube, I tried opening an online store for a past business selling aquarium stuff, as you know I did in a past life, and what I came up with was so complicated. It was the major blockade to creating merch for us for the longest time. That's where Shopify's standout feature must be its user-friendly interface and flexibility. It empowers users, regardless of technical expertise, to create and customize their online stores easily. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so are you guys like me? Like where you watch the Avengers, you're like, wow, Nick Fury has no idea how to assemble a team. I would make so many changes. Well, with Marvel Strike Force, you can do just 
that because this game is all about engaging in epic battles, strategically assembling your team of heroes and villains to stop the evil Ultimus. But it is really not just about the battles. I mean, Marvel Strike Force offers an immersive storyline, stunning graphics, and a vast roster of characters to collect and upgrade from Spider-Man to Captain America, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom to Black Panther. The entire Marvel Universe is yours to explore. So seriously, it doesn't even matter if you're a hardcore Marvel fan or not, or whether you're just looking for like an action-packed RPG experience. Download Marvel Strike Force now on the App Store or Google Play Store and join millions of players worldwide and unleash the power of the Marvel Universe on your mobile device. Plus, this is kind of the cool thing and maybe why you want to do it like right now is because the Deadpool anniversary event is going on right now. So there's like weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you receive special awards and skins and all that fun, cool cosmetic upgrade stuff. And and we have a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow the link in our description. That's how they know you came from us and use the promo code MAXPOOL. And once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's see here. Um, okay, Jay. So um, I I feel like I've got like a, a a fun piece of feedback. We had a really good call to action last week. We you did. were you were talking about uh, sort of like your dreaded question of if stranded on a deserted island, yeah. which three items might you bring with you mm-hmm. and why? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I felt like this particular uh, piece of feedback like literally brought me in like fifty different directions as to like how I could potentially discuss it yeah and so i'm just kind of curious to see like where it goes or doesn't go based on your own particular thoughts about it okay Um, but so little colonel uh named lana water wrote back and said i would invent a I would invent an iPad basically that doesn't need Wi-Fi and is solar powered and has access to the internet and YouTube and tons of books and apps like Adobe or Procreate, which if you're unfamiliar is like a, like an illustrating. Yeah. Like an illustrator um, app. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I was like, this is a really interesting piece of, of, um, something to bring with you on your deserted Island, because it really is like the Swiss army knife of entertainment. Yeah. Um, because you know, like the, the ability to have, because that's sort of the, like the, the whole idea behind the question, right? Is that it's like, you can bend the rules however you need to in order for your object to work. But like, bringing an iPad or, or a tablet or, you know, some type of computerized device that has access to lots and lots and lots of other pieces of information sort of like allows you to be like, you don't have to bring like your favorite book that you will then like read forever and ever and ever. You can literally bring like a piece of digital equipment that has access to like essentially every book that's ever been written ever. So it's like if, if I mean for, for plenty of people, again, with the caveat being in place that you have like food, water and shelter already like cared for, it's like if all you did every single day was had the ability to sit, read and like broaden your like mind and horizons, mm-hmm. like not only could it be like an incredibly useful resource for like survival based reasons, but yeah. like you essentially would be able to consume probably more than a like, you know, what what anybody else in a normal lifetime would be able to consume because mm. you would essentially have nothing but available time to do so that I mean, that's extremely true. And I th- don't think this hasn't crossed my mind like, you know, like magic iPad that gives you yes, all of the all of the entertainment you could want to consume ever, which 
I, like there's like you know there's like some cynical parts of me that are like if I'm on a deserted island all I want is like screen time like that doesn't seem right you know oh uh, so, see you know. And, and that's interesting because I, I like my cynical version of myself was almost like again going back to my point before where it was like I like to share experiences with people so like yeah. I struggle to like watch shows by myself like I, yeah. I often find that I just like enjoy them less because my underlying objective for almost everything is to be able to take the ideas, thoughts, feelings, emotions that I, that I like felt during those things and then discuss them with whoever I happen to be around. This is, this is my next point too. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, it would be great to just be like, Oh, I have just unlimited time to actually watch all 1500 episodes of one piece or something. Right. Fantastic. But then like to what end, like you will know the story and you might've been entertained by it, but like without the ability to share it with anyone, like, does it, you know, does it hold as much water or anything? Because like, I think one of the things that, when I, I like, I, I think more than you, I'm able to like consume stuff like by myself yeah, for, for my sure. own personal interest. And yeah. it's like, but there's always this part of me that's like, like there that it is in knowing this information that like, I can like at least put it in the back of my mind for the point at which it could come up in conversation. You yeah. Know? Right. It's right. like, I, and I'm willing to let, and like, I, because I just so like love like the element of surprise or something. Yeah. That like, you know, it, it is not, you know, like I, I, I am perfectly fine to justifying dedicating, you know, I think in college, once upon a time we had a, a Mario game. It was like, I, I can't remember which one it was on the switch. It was like a 2d scroller thing. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to complete this game. Like, I'm just going to get, you know, the, the three stars on every level. I'm going to sure. hunt them all down. And I'm like, I know I could be doing other things, but like in the back of my mind, at some point, someone who understands or who has played the game a little, who has put a little bit of effort into it will like observe my save file and see that like I was amazing and like had completed it, you know, like they will appreciate, like it will go appreciated yes. in like a way or like I'm willing to spend a lot of time getting extremely good at Mario Kart by myself because at some point in the distant future, a mysterious opportunity will arise in which I will be able to prove that I am really good at it. Yes. You know, something like that. And it's like, but like if so part of me thinks if I had the magic iPad at the very least it would it, it, like the whole time I was consuming, I would be like in the back of my mind, hoping for like either rescue or anticipating the day. So like maybe there's an element of hope that like having consumed all of this someday it will pay off because I will be around people again someday. Right, right. And that's that's the big question is like, like how absolutely certain are you that you are subjected to like essentially some sense of foreverness like, right. like like you know within the confines of the rules because because like you know again this is this is sort of like where the experiment kind of goes in a million different directions and you're probably just taking it too literally on some level because I know, it's, right. it's, it's otherwise just meant to be like a revealing sort of piece of sentiment about like it's it's a disarming way to effectively get to the bottom of like what is ultimately most important to an individual person but the idea is that like if you have to live somewhere by yourself forever then like what would you bring? And and so in my mind, I'm sort of like, that means there's some magic involved. It means you can sort of like answer certain questions like food, water, safety, shelter, like those types of things. Like that's all taken care of. Like, it, it, because what that does is like removes the need to answer the survivalist basis of the question. Right. Because otherwise there, there's very common items like a pot or a hatchet or a tarp that all make yeah. the most sense immediately for you to bring with you because those are going to provide you essentially with food, water and shelter. Right. But assuming um, that's taken care of, you're just right. 
in a nice house with internet or, you know, access to whatever entertainment you want. Right. Is right. that all you do? Or like, how quickly would you get bored? Well, so here, here's one of my questions. So uh, to, to basically take this. So for example, like uh, with sharing things with people, name of the wind has become one of those stories that to me, like where if I were to discover another human being who likes it, it's almost just like an immediate way to be like, Oh my gosh, we're going to click because like you like this thing that I like, like, let's talk about that. I could probably talk about it forever until I'm blue in the face. Like let's go. But inside of that story, there is a, there's basically essentially like a university like like so many other magical uh narratives have and the university is a place that people go to seek education and for the most part they go to seek education for the intention of using that education to then be able to go out into the world and prosper in whichever way makes the most sense to every individual attached however at this particular school, there is one character in particular named Manette. And Manette's whole thing is that he has been there for longer than anybody else by a mile. He has basically never, he's chosen to never graduate beyond the lowest rank because in doing so, his tuition rates would essentially rise. And as far as he's concerned, like all I want to do with my life is be here and study right. so that I can learn as much as humanly possible. Right. And but he so, has like almost no intent of ever putting that knowledge to like to, to use to use. Yes. And, yeah. and so that is the question is whether or not that approach has like like because like from my perspective, I'm sort of like, well, okay. So if, if you're essentially going to go and learn, like, you know, like let's, let's say you have access to the entire library of all human works ever on your deserted Island. And so at first you're going to watch things that are just flat out entertaining. They're like surface level, like enjoyment that like whatever, but like if you have nothing but time to consume everything, your bar for appreciation will go up. Like you will probably inevitably become, um, actually a, like, like someone who is capable of like reviewing, uh, content on a level that is like extremely high because you have essentially watched everything and had maybe all- it depends like this also depends on like what your like starting point is like did you come from civilization with people to begin with I suppose or have you just like dropped in having never known anyone I feel like you have to have come from civilization in some okay. Yeah, it, okay. at least that's my interpretation of the question like you're not just like in a vacuum dropped in the middle of nowhere just right. learning you know sure because like you're coming from these experiences that's how that's what's informing your decision right yeah okay but, all but, right fair enough anyway so my, my thought here though might be that like once you move past um, works that you know are are purely entertaining you might look for things that are like entertaining and educational and then things that are just simply educational and then try to essentially like push the boundaries on knowledge altogether and so like in the film Lightyear for example there's this kind of sequence some time travel involved and stuff like that but the character of Socks is a piece of artificial intelligence that is effectively given one task for like 70 years and that one task is to solve some type of like quantum crystallic fusion, fusion. crystallic fusion yeah. thank you i knew you would know mm-hmm. um and <laughs> are you still using fossil fuels or have you discovered crystallic fusion <laughs> right yeah yeah um and so yeah, we got double a's <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the the idea here, though, is that like if if given no other tasks, no other assignments other than to simply study and attempt to learn and you have access to all information that humanity has ever had, then for most people's individual lifetimes, you know, 70, 80 years is, is the scope of it. You know, like that can be the better part of your adulthood where you have learned enough to know what your pursuit is and then to like become professional or extremely well, well spoken or versed in that particular thing. So like. Like, this is the type of thing where, like, maybe if if you go and you have all the time in the world to study and examine everything, maybe you can, like, eventually find, like, the hidden cure for, for 
cancer or something like that, like in the depths of all of human knowledge. Maybe it exists already and like we just the, the right people in the right mm-hmm. places haven't had the right conversations and, and whatever. Um, I don't know that that's a truth fact or anything, but just assuming that this is like you've dedicated your life, your entire life and you have access to all of the education, then it's like at some point in time, if you're alone on the island, it's almost like is that helpful? <laughs> like, right. like, like of course out in humanity, out in the world, it's incredibly helpful. It'd be like the most valuable discovery, you know, like in the recent era. Right. Um, it'd be massive, but like in a singular environment, it's kind of like, and you don't have the ability to share it. You don't have the of, ability to share it. You don't have the ability to be known for it. Right. You don't have the, yeah. You know, like that, that almost becomes the question. Like, do you like, are the parameters of being on the Island such that, you yeah you know that you will be alone for the rest of your life and like will will do you have the can can you know whether or not your existence will ever on the island will ever be discovered right yeah right yes yeah and that that's a good point too because, because I mean, like even I've, if you if you could have like legacy to follow your existence and it was like like somebody will arrive your last day here basically you know it's like like no matter what like we know to the the tenth of a second like when your last moment you know will will eventually come to be mm-hmm. and at that point in time whatever you've done we will come and study it then it's like oh well if you know that going in that's so different it though. changes everything yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's everything. a different question right this but, is just like you're on an island but this is this is my point yeah, yeah so going back to to manette you know at the uni- university and everything it's sort of like it's like it, it has never stopped and bothered me for a split second in my entire life to understand why people seek more education. Learning more things is helpful. It provides more utility to the outside world. It gives a greater understanding of your own world. It but makes this you, has no outside world. Right, exactly. But this has no outside world. Right. And so then all of a sudden can, it's sort of like... Can your life be meaningful... Alone. Alone, without Ooh. contact with other people. Ooh. Oh, boy. Can you have had... Yes, boy. Now that... That is a question. Yeah. Because at that point, if your answer is no, then it almost like redirects you into this point of like, then the point of life is to interact with other people in some capacity or to like in or to to share existence with other people, whether I, that means you think it means helping other people or like uh, it, define that. But I don't I, you can, I think you can be pretty broad with it. If you if you decide that you could not your life could not have meaning without having shared it with other people then without the possibility of legacy, then almost by definition life has meaning only when shared with others, which who man. Okay. I, I Which would, is not a problem for most people. <laughs> it's not a problem for most people because most people are not required to live in this experiment. Right. However, I think it, it dissolves out sort of some of my own underlying sentiments, which like, like on some level, I would say like, that is where I started this conversation. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's like, like the reason to do it is to share it mm-hmm. with other people. Like yeah. that's ultimately like going to be like when I'm at my, at my most happy, if I, if I am able to help or provide or, um, you know, teach others, something um then then i ultimately tend to feel like those are the moments that like are worth living for and like the themes of any of those um you know pieces of media that you may consume on your magical ipad you know like take how i met your mother for example it's sort of like it's an entire saga just fully dedicated to the pursuit of finding like one's true partner in life ah yes yes but in the but but it's also then like 
it's so much more about the journey than the finding. It's like in searching for the Ted's wife, he has like all these extremely meaningful like moments with his friends. Yes. Yeah. 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 But which are still, you know, being shared, being shared elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. But like, like, is there a chance that like when we consume these things out here in the real world with the knowledge that it could inspire us to go and have friendships that are similar to those of Ted and his friends that like that part of what we enjoy about the overall experience is the fact that it's actually like a soft encouragement to go and have those kinds of friendships to forge those types of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and what impact does that have on the person who is destined to solitude? Mm-hmm. You know, because like all of a sudden it's like, maybe this wouldn't be so inspiring as it would be uh, like the grass is always greener type of thing. Like all of a sudden, you know, like if you're, if you're watching this otherwise entertaining television series, it may, it may leave you in some capacity with like the grass is always greener. Like, like, you know, like you're looking at the neighbor's yard being like, well, they did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like it leaves you wanting more for something that like can't be pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's like when you watch all of these, these types of works, these types of, you know, inspirational stories and stuff like that, like is what you're taking from it, uh, necessarily like your happiness for them or even like the encouragement that it provides within to pursue your own, you know, like hopes and dreams. Hmm. Good question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Largely open-ended. I can, I can segue it if you'd like into a, a potentially much softer, version of the question overall. I mean, go for it. Okay. So one of my, uh, one of, one of my interesting questions or, or things that I was looking up over the weekend was simply, why is it the case that we like crunchy foods? Oh, and well, I mean, we like all kinds of textured foods. We do like all types of textured yeah. foods, but the, like the, the crunch in particular, I did, I did a quick Google and the specific response that I got, uh, I was like, I never This had never occurred to me before in terms of even like I couldn't even tell you in any way that like when I'm eating a crunchy food that like what is so nice about it is that it engages another sense. So typically like consuming food uh, can engage sense of smell and taste Mm -hmm. pretty readily. Like those are those are pretty like, you know, synonymous in terms of like smell is essentially just tasting with your nose. Like it's it's like a different like way of consuming. Um, But by eating something crunchy, it also engages your hearing um, because you can actually hear the crunch. So then like what makes something like it is that this is the answer that I, that I found on Google Okay, is that like the reason why we enjoy crunchy foods is because it engages another sense. But I was like, that's so fascinating because like it would never in a million years occur to me that like why I'm enjoying eating something is the way that it sounds inside of my head. Right. (laughs) You know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, never really thought about why I like crunchy food or not, but this is also one of those things where like the more you like watch like the food network or something, you know, they'll always talk about like, Oh yeah, I got to add like this texture to it or something. And it'll be like, what does that matter? It just matters how it tastes. Right. And it's like, no, like food is such an experience overall on so many levels, like the different ways it can like interact with you. Like, um, like uh, adds to your overall enjoyment. Yes. So just having like a little bit of like crunchy something on top could yeah activate you know your hearing or something. Th- this is yeah my my exact relationship I think uh, with with sushi is that like so often like it, it almost doesn't matter like what I'm ordering but it's like if it comes with like like panko you know like like crumbs or something like that yeah. on it it's almost like oh that's gonna be better because like in addition to you know like other I mean sushi can be like off putting to plenty of people because the idea of like raw fish and stuff like that or even just fish in general people seem to have a stigma against. 
Um, but I feel like as soon as you add like that layer of crunch to it, it's it's sort of like adding like like oh okay, I can get behind that. Mm. That's that's like a something a little extra, yeah. little extra splendid. Yeah, that's um, why I always get um, salmon skin rolls when we ever go to have sushi because they're, they're just like it's got real crispy crispy bits about it. And crispy, I was like, yeah. this is so good. I know, I know. Yeah. It, it does add something else to it. Okay, this is a weird one. I I always feel like I'm doing a bad job describing this sensation or else I am just or like what I okay when you touch something do you feel like you can hear it like like hear your finger not like not like like you know like I made like a snap or something but like if I'm just doing this I feel like I am aware of the sensation happening between my hand and my knee in my ears you know that is interesting. Like uh, and people are going to hear it and be like, you're describing the sense of touch. And I'm like, yes, I know that. But like if my hand was if my hand and my knee were both completely numb, like I feel like I could still hear them touching hear like, the connection between like, the two. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, is there a sense between is there a connection between like touching something and hearing it? Because I feel like like I it feels like there's a sound that is incredibly like interesting. Feeling has like a sound like I, I know that there are um, gosh, I, I don't even know which senses the, the crossover is of like people can um, like hear colors or yeah, see. that's like synesthesia. OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's not like it's not like making a note or something. No, I know. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's the same but different is is what my where my mind immediately went. I have literally no idea. Um, I've never heard you even describe this before. So it's kind of fascinating to know that you experience it. I, this is the, I feel like it's like, am I experiencing it? Is it? It's not like like is I don't even know if sound is the right word, but like that's obviously what your ears do. And I feel like if I'm touching it, like I can feel like I obviously can just feel it, but it like it's like it feels like there's a sound associated well, uh, like with the act of touching something like I don't know. No. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting. So it's it's kind of like uh, like, you know, poetry, for example, or music, you know, or, or just, you know, television shows and stuff. Sometimes they are seeking to describe things that we have a hard time describing. And yeah. then oftentimes if somebody can do it in a way that is like uh, succinct, yeah. then a lot of us are like, yes, that that, that is the emotion. Yes. Like that is the exact thing. So it's it's interesting to me because it's like the, I feel like there's an outside possibility that what you're experiencing is something that other people do, in fact, experience. They just never realized that they were experiencing it or that it was like noteworthy enough to like bring up in discussion. Right. You know, but this is like almost like that, that classic thing in class where it's like, you know, don't be afraid to ask a question. Chances are, if you have a question about something, somebody else does as well. Right. Like, but it's like the sort of thing It's like, it has to be associated with like my own, it has to be associated with your own personal sense of touch because it's like, there's no way like, like there's, I couldn't like no one, nothing could hear like the sensation of my finger touching my leg, you know, right. like you could never hear that. It's just sitting completely still right now. Right. But, but you like, but you're like hearing something maybe I, it feels like, yes, like it's not like a, like a, like a distracting sound or something, but it's like, so like, let me ask you this because sometimes I know, um, like, uh, like my, my hands when dry or if I've been doing like yard work or like back when I was like rock climbing a lot, like if I were to handle like a microfiber cloth, it was, it would almost be as though like the microfibers mm-hmm. would get like stuck to like all the tiny little like invisible abrasions of my hands Yeah, and it'd be like very uncomfortable 
to touch. Like I would not like touching like a microfiber because it's like, yeah, it almost feels like it's like attempting to Velcro itself to you, but is unsuccessful in doing so while also being successful enough to generate a sensation. I know exactly the sensation you're talking about. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. Um, but like I, I wonder on some level, like, you know, is any part of you feeling uh, almost as though like you're like like hypersensitive to like the individual like threads of the fabric or like the individual like grooves of your fingertips, like sort of like generating like on some level it's generating noise. Um, like, like there is a sound generated by contact between two objects right, ever. Sure. Um, so the question is sort of like, is, is that at all what you feel as though you're experiencing? Like, you know, we have like a wooden table in front of us. If you were to like drag your fingers across it, like, are you almost hearing like the, the orchestra of sound that is like the individual fingertip pads, like, like brushing against the wood grain? Does that make yeah, sense? Maybe. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but I, do, I think it must, it's like, I think it does have to be associated. It's like, it's not like I could like hear the seashell touching the table. You know, but it has to be you. It has to be me touching it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I literally, I'm not sure. Like, I don't. I've never heard somebody. I'm just putting it out there because I'm like, I'm like, am I just describing the sense of touch? But I'm like, but it's like, does it, does it like create a sound to you, or is it like, or am I just under like, I it's so it's so baffling. So I'm like, it's not like you can hear it. It's not like it's making sound, but it's like, like when I'm touching it. I'm aware of touching it and it feels like there's, I don't know. It feels like there's sound, but not like, not like an overwhelming thing. You know, it's not like it's like taking up a brain space or anything, but I don't, I don't know. It's like, I want, I need confirmation from someone else. If you know what I'm talking about, or if you feel like when you're touching something, you can like hear your hand against the chair or whatever you're touching. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's always so interesting too because I know, I mean, I know for plenty of people they have like like um, a highly sensitive like you know hearing or smell. Like, so I know like for like a lot of people, like if anybody in the room is like you know like wearing like a like a cologne or perfume or something like that, it can be like extremely overwhelming and like generate like a headache because it's just like you know the the very nature of just being that close to that much scent all of a sudden is too much. But then in the meantime tons and tons and tons of, of the popular like population will, will wear such things with absolutely no issues whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's like, it almost, I mean, it always feels like, like, like remnant superpowers of some kind or something where it's sort of like, it's like, yeah, I still have like the hyper sense of, 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 you know, taste or smell. And I mean, uh, um, sommeliers, for example, you know, oftentimes can be so gifted in their ability to consume a wine that like down to like the kind of like oak that was used in the barreling process or whatever, like they're able to discern like the specific notes in a way that like the average consumer of wine is just is like doesn't even know how to begin to look for. Right. Um, and, and I have to imagine that that's both uh, inherent skill that somebody has as a taster um, matched with, you know, years and years of experience and exposure and, and teaching. Yeah, you know, sort of like coming to a head, but like it, it makes me curious as to whether or not like your sense of touch maybe is is somehow akin to that level of right of like extra, you know. Yeah, you I know. suppose the way to test that I'm like I'm like how could I test this? I suppose if I if my hand were truly numb and I touched something and like like still couldn't physic and could still like 
was aware of like, yeah, could still hear it, but could not feel it. Right. Then that would be like maybe the, the answer that would be. Yeah. That, that's, that's an interesting way. Cause it's like everything, you know, like, uh, like one of the things I always found ridiculously fascinating back in physics camp was learning about like resonance frequency, which is essentially like the idea that like a single jackhammer conceivably could take down like an entire, um, like skyscraper building because the skyscraper building has some type of frequency. And if you're able to either match it or disrupt it, I don't know exactly how it works, um, through, you know, like a tuning fork essentially, then, then like you might have the ability to like send the whole structure into, you know, a vibration storm, um, that can be destructive. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it, it stands to reason that all physical objects have a, you know, a resonance frequency of some sort, you know, that like possibly you're able to detect somehow. Yeah. Um, that, that's like, that, at least that's the avenue that my brain is going down. Um, and it, like, so it also makes me curious, are there any surfaces that you like particularly do or do not like interacting with? I mean, there's like the classic, like nails on the chalkboard, which everybody doesn't yeah, like. Everyone hates like, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, not nothing that comes like to my mind immediately. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that, like you don't have like a preference when it comes to, um, like I know I, I literally couldn't tell you the difference between them, but I know there's like two classic kinds of sheets like per kale. Oh yeah. And, no, I mean, this yeah. is one where like, yes, my, my wife, she has a similar thing. Like if, if there is like a thing that creates like that, like, um, Velcro uh, effect, or Velcro something. effect yeah. or something. She's extremely sensitive to it, and we, we uh, you know, can't have it in the house. Okay, you know, okay it makes okay. her feel nauseous. So I just sort of follow her lead on that because it doesn't bother me in the same way. Okay, okay, but, yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're um, like a super taster, for example, then um, you know, in the event that. Th- there's a um, an ingredient that you don't like, or a particularly strong, or uh, you know, like like um, over seasoned nature to like a food or something. It might stand out to you in a way that is like like far more obvious than to someone else who who is just you know. Uh, like the the rest of us, I guess. I don't know how to how to describe it. Someone who doesn't have this this gift of taste. Um, so I was just curious if there was ever things that you were interacting with where you were like, mm, no, I can't. Like that that is either too much or too little or or something of of something. Oh, I don't um, know. I can tell that I don't. I mean, we experienced this on the on the um, Linville Gorge hike, but like like extremely cold water water. Oh, I think that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that, that yeah. sort of makes sense to me because that was like your, I mean, you described Beth feeling nauseous, you know, if, if she has that sandpaper like effect on something, yes, um, I did feel nauseous. You did yeah. feel nauseous. Yeah. yeah. I literally, I was just showing Addy the, uh, the video of us doing the polar plunge from, oh, from yeah. last year's, uh, frozen Jay versus Ben episode where we got up on our roof and, and dove into some ice cold yeah. water. Um, and I remember you specifically describing nausea. Um, but it's interesting in that sense, in, in the, for the purposes of this conversation, the way in which your feet being exposed to extreme cold caused what was otherwise a full body physiological reaction. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's not nothing, know. right? Not nothing. I feel like we're, we're, we're at least touching the edge of it. So if anybody yeah. happens to know or has any feedback or experiences something similar, whether it's a, a, across any of the other tastes, sense, smells, you know, whatever um, sense of touch that you feel like particularly, you know, one way about, uh, be sure to let us know. You can send any feedback to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Yeah. Otherwise, I think we're at a great spot to close out today's episode. Where no, I would think that, but I brought a prop for an element of surprise. So oh, we're wow. going to do it. We don't have to do a whole... <laughs> 
Like we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. No, wait, well, we can do it. But I'm, here I'm we sorry. Go. I was I was just trying to follow the obvious lead, but no, I'm I'm now I couldn't be more excited. Now, I'm, boom, surprise! Wow, as ever. Goodness me. Okay, so I was cleaning out my basement yesterday. Which one we asked um our parents, mom and dad, to um take the kids out to like a, just like a playground so Beth and I could like clean the house. And I couldn't believe how much just like being alone in your house when you're married with kids can just sort of be like a date on its own. Oh you know? yeah, and all yeah, we're yeah. doing is like folding laundry or like you know cleaning the basement or Dude, whatever it, yeah when, when you have the ability to put your full focus especially from both people at something yeah. it's just like wow 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 yeah like, yeah it, it makes me aware of how much more i used to be able to get done and didn't anyway so mm-hmm. anyway yeah yeah so anyway i'm cleaning out the the basement and trying to decide you know what can what can go to like goodwill and what can just be trash and what do i want to keep or i've not decided on or whatever and um i came across all sorts of fun stuff um beth has like this little box of keepsakes um one which inside of one had like you know pictures of us from like prom which was just like always fun to see oh yeah always great but then one of the things in there was a um we've talked about the uh, the, the the gma stickers yes once upon them, like the ones we used to put all over our high school she had one of the original ones no there so way. i was like no way one of the originals like made in microsoft paint just looks so pixelated and terrible um so that was really fun. But then I'm going through and I found like a, just like an old binder of like, you know, base set Pokemon cards, which I was just like, oh, man, if only there were any. It's like it's so unfortunate because this binder was clearly put together by um, one of us as children as a way to organize all the commons and uncommons that didn't go in your like rare binder. So oh, there's just man. nothing good in nothing it at good, all. Yeah. And even if you're like, oh, but it's, it's like base set. It must be worth something. It's like, nope, these are all like four cent cards, even 25 years later or whatever. Oh, wow. So there's that. But also in that binder were um uh like a variety of other cards and pogs pogs Pogs. oh do you remember pogs ben do i ever remember some pogs i mean because i I brought some (laughs) did you really i did i I was always a huge fan of the pogs that were in the shape of like blades like um they they were like uh, like a oh my god i've got them here now we had like they were like they used to make binder sleeves for pogs and if you're listening at home and you're like what on earth is a pog it was i suppose a game basically they were just like cardboard discs of and i mean this anything yeah it was just a cardboard disc and like i remember going to um like video world and there'd be just like bins and bins of them and they were like five cents each or something so that must have been the best thing ever for parents like yeah get like one each or three each whatever i can spare the 15 cents yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like sort a, of it was an extremely easy like purchasable object yeah. and i am like blown away that you like you had told me about the uh the gma yeah the og so i i thought for sure that was just your element of surprise i did not I'll expect just, you to pull out 20 sleeves of i'll just hand you a stack here because i was looking through them and i'm like what kind of like licensing did pogs have because i mean there are just stuff it is there's no connection at all there is batman there is looney tunes there is power rangers there is just off the wall art there's just a fish there's a, this one's a watermelon this is i i there, this is jurassic park this is the city of Richmond, like, I don't know, like, what is going on here? Like, how did they have the licensing for this or all these things? Or if it was just the sort of thing where it's like Pog had official Pogs, but then also like every other brand in the world just got on this trend because they were like, what? I can just cut out a, a circle of cardboard and throw it on a thing. 
I you can't know? believe how many of these I remember. Really? Yes. Oh I my am, gosh. I am like blown. There's like a holographic, like Black Widow looking spider one. Nice. Um, right next to a holographic Benjamin Pog. Oh, obviously that would stand out for sure. Yeah, that one would. Um, which is kind of amazing. I think Pog. I can't remember whether or not it has this sort of like. I don't even know what it is. I mean, kind of Tasmanian devil looking Bigfoot character that's um, he, he shows up in a bunch of them that I couldn't have pulled out of my brain space for anything. And yet now that I see it, I remember it. There is. I mean, if you look at the back of them, if you're flipping over, some of them have like pog branding on them and some of them are just blank white and some of them are like branded to whatever brand they're from. Well, I am fairly certain no, at, at one point in our life, we received a make your own pog um press that oh, came I do remember with, that. Th- that came with a bunch of um they were, they were probably just like cardboard with adhesive on them so like a 3m sticker basically yeah and, and you, you could, could like take like a magazine yeah and like like yeah. crunch it on there so i was curious if anything would stand out as potentially one of those oh I've i have a, another, i have several other holographic benjamins over here how about so maybe maybe this was my set <laughs> this from, must have been yours maybe that's yeah. why i remember some of them um, that is there's, fantastic there's a bunch of them from nasa that are like a13 oh apollo 13 okay oh my gosh that should have been way more obvious way faster i was like what would the significance of that be Let's um, say I have a Super Nintendo one here. Of we have a lot of Power Rangers themed ones. I wonder if these are. The, what does this say? Milk Cat Maker. That sounds like maybe the, the make your own Pog thing. Yeah, that t- that totally tracks. And yeah. I mean, I think I remember getting it for Christmas, and we were at like our cousin's house, and we were just like, "What can we? What can we Pog?" I know, but like some of these are like way too good to to have been made by us. Oh, for, su- for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, I got like a fairly classic looking Mickey Mouse one in here that like just just by the size of it. I'm like, well, that seems like it could just be valuable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, are Pogs worth anything? I know. Man, do we have some man? Do we have some? do you do you recall there being a game associated with Pogs? I know that there was a game. It, this this was very similar to like collecting Pokemon cards as a, as a young kid where like I, I knew that you could be playing it. Were we ever doing it? Was the answer? It seemed like largely no. I would say um, no, because I had to look up what the rules were this morning okay i remember in addition to pogs which are just the cardboard discs themselves there were slammers yeah i I mean do you remember slammers the slammers so the the thing too about about these like pogs were highly collectible uh and the thing that i always wanted some of our childhood friends had which was like at at like the video store same place i think they sold them but they would be like floor to ceiling green tubes yeah that you could keep all of your like pogs all of your in. pogs in so i mean it was essentially like like a piece of pvc pipe but it was clear tubing and uh, like if you went over to our, our our friend's house like literally i mean it was it was like fun to like watch like you know you come over like once every few months or whatever and you would like see that like their collection had like made it like another foot higher yeah you know in the in the whole collection but the slammers really seemed like like the ultimate in like Pog collection. I oh, mean, absolutely. I remember specifically. I man, I, I'm curious to see if it exists in my basement somewhere. I had a uh, a slammer that had a rainbow holographic palm tree on the front. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And then on the back, yeah. I want to say it had two little like finger indents for extra for extra grip whilst you slammed it. I remember this exact yeah. pog. Mm-hmm. I do remember yeah. this one. So, uh, in, fa- in fact, I think that as we got older, I remember the day that we, I think for for Christmas or something similar, um, we got a a set of poker chips Mm. and i remember it was it was like you know like like just ceramic 
circles basically and but i remember being like this is like like i want to just touch them you know like they make a nice noise it's satisfying like in back in our pog collecting days this would have been like the jackpot like any any single poker chip was effectively the greatest pog that was ever made basically Um, yeah so yeah pretty pretty darn cool i and i had not thought about these in so dude, long. dude i came across them yesterday and was just like <gasps> pogs this was so fun so here's the the this is what i think this is my like back back of the hand back of the napkin math for how i think pogs was supposed to work because they were so cheap and so it was so easy to have so many because they were like just cardboard discs basically yeah, yep. so the way the game works is that each person would put in like 10 pogs of their own and they would put them in a stack all facing up and then you would take turns with your with your slammer just slamming it on the top and then anything that fell off and came face down that would now be yours to keep to keep so wow. i mean you could play for keeps or you could play for you know returnsies but the mass quantity with which people were i think in my mind whoever made it wanted to create a game where the act of like keeps was very available and not so high stakes because it, like you know oh if you lost five pogs to your friend no big deal and also the act of being good at this is a complete random yeah you know <laughs> yeah it's it's almost like playing the the card game like war yeah which is you know you basically deal out the entire deck and then you randomly take off the top and you know if i like my king beats your eight and yeah. so i get to keep your king and eight and put that over here and then like you continue to play continue to play and continue to play until somebody wins everything but yeah. like you know it's it's one of those things where like the the game of like you know when war comes about it's usually because like you both lay down an eight and then you had to like lay down like three cards face down and then like the fourth card you flip would ultimately determine like who wins the like you know war, war so to speak yeah and then that person gets to keep all those cards so that that can be like the part that like changes but like it's still not really strategy based i mean you could you could effectively simulate millions of these games and like it would just largely come down to i mean it's a coin flip really what war war ben ben ben, ben. is there strategy in war of course there's strategy in war man what is how do you play how do you win how do you win in you war? gotta just you gotta like you gotta memorize the when when your card is going to come up again and stack them so that you'll beat the opponents what i know so you get to i i, I don't even remember ever looking at my cards hmm I don't ever remember even looking at my cards. I mean, you collect them and it's like sort of the way you do it. I mean, if you want to win at war, you basically just cheat or whatever. Oh, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, okay. You know, it's really, I mean, I, I, the Here's, best, the, so let me tell you how I would cheat at war. Okay, please do. Okay, please do. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you just want to, you, you've got an ace, right? Right. You know, you just won that round right there. That ace goes on the bottom of your deck as you're waiting for it to come back around. You know, your opponent has, you know, whatever the, the king of clubs somewhere in there what you need to know is what comes right before the king of clubs right okay so you memorize the pattern on there because they're going to keep winning whatever they just took from you is probably what's coming before the king of clubs okay right so they throw it down it's the eight of diamonds you're like boom i remember losing that eight of diamonds to your king of clubs i know what your next card is boom you whip the ace off the bottom next time steal the king wow boom <laughs> wow you're welcome everybody <laughs> oh my goodness great are you guys starting to see why i lost at everything and was so absolutely just like destroyed over 
it's all making sense. Mm-hmm. It's all making sense. But maybe, maybe now that I'm just old enough to like learn these things, maybe, yeah. maybe it's like one of those things where I've always given you the great accolade of being highly strategic, which I stand by. Um, but also maybe now that I'm an adult and can think strategically on my own, maybe I'd be better than I think. Maybe you absolutely would. I think um, if you listen to our After the Final Pop last weekend, um, I talked about uh, the beer mile I recently did yes. with some friends. And I remember we were all like lining up for it and like, it, it occurred to me after the fact that like I like as it, as we were lining up, I was like, I do not do a lot of running and I am like need to give myself any advantage I can have here. You know, it was like everyone just sort of doing it for fun. I'm like, I cannot be embarrassed here by the run. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, because I'm like, you know, I know some of the people there did a lot of running. But so like, you know, we had like um, like six beers there left and like five of them were in bottles and one was a can and like the sort of picked up the teams and I was like I'll take this can right here and like in my mind I'm like winning move right here because you can chug the can so much faster than the bottles okay and that proved to be extremely true <laughs> but, like, but, but like, like no it didn't even cross anyone else's mind yeah they were all know? just like okay, okay yeah they were all talking about it afterwards like things they could have done differently and stuff I was like yes you think about them now. Oh, right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Where, where, where was this brain an hour ago, guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm like, maybe I, that, that that was like one of the moments like, am I just really overthinking things in a way that other people aren't overthinking them? Well, kind of thing, well, I mean, I would say, I would say yes. And what, what almost stands out to me is that like, you and I are very different when it comes to the things that we overthink. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that we're not both overthinking things a lot. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably like the big decide factor so it's almost just like somewhere along like that nature versus nurture it's like the nature is that like we're going to overthink like that's maybe like ingrained into our dna or something the nurture is sort of like where that overthinking got directed right you know because I, I feel like i do it like I, i'll i'll ruminate over conversations i had like nine months ago and be like why did i say that that was like that was so like not the right thing to say or or going back to year one super carlin brothers videos i'm like i put this on the internet like what was i thinking uh-huh. like, oh my goodness um you know and they're, they're like things that like haunt me to this day um where Whereas, you know, I feel like those are things that you are more like willing to just be like, yeah, you know, it happened in the past, whatever. They're probably not still thinking about it. And so that's fine. Um, but then on the flip side, I would say like when it comes to games, like I'm usually just sort of like, yeah, you know, like whatever, whatever happens, happens. Like at the end of the day, like the, the victor shalt be crowned through this game of war. But I feel like on some level you're like, no, no, it will be. And I will win. <laughs> <laughs> there are ways to manipulate this. Yeah. 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 Which I think like, you know, as a kid, maybe, and maybe that's like one of those things where it's just, it comes down to valuing things like one way or another, where it's like, Maybe, maybe I just didn't like I lost and I didn't like losing, but maybe I didn't care enough to really try to win right. was, was also probably the, sure. the other end of it as well. Yeah. Um, especially when it came to a game that like, as far as I was concerned, largely just came down to pure chance entirely yeah. war. Um, yeah. War. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So anyway, mm-hmm. but I'm glad to know that there was in fact some type of method to the madness. There are there. I mean, not that you, I mean, going from the bottom like that is probably a little bit more like oh, overtly like manipulating things, but you can still try and like stack them in the way in which you put them on the bottom of your deck or something like that. Sure. 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 You know, yeah, there are, there are other ways of doing it, I suppose. Right. But like, you know, I mean, who's to say, what's the correct order to put stuff on the bottom of your deck? Well, and I mean, that's, I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably where it's like a mixture of, of like, you know, planning and strategy meets like sort of like, are there any rules about the game that mandate that the cards just sort of like be randomly shuffled and placed back in your hand or something? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you putting them off to the side and then reshuffling them every time? In that case, yes, it's completely random. Right. But like, you know, war war largely feels like it falls into that category of, I mean, it's called war. All's fair, right? Yeah. There (laughs) you go. Nailed it. Yeah. All is fair in love 
what well, what if that ends up being the today's pop title? That'd be hilarious. Yeah. People, people <laughs> you had to get all the way to eighty people, minutes in. People are like, this God. is maybe the longest episode ever. You're welcome, Isabel. There we go. I know. Yeah, first first day new show. Way to go. Full um, circle. I can already say that you absolutely crushed it. Well done. Uh, again, another huge round of applause from around the globe or fist bump or something like that to to Isabel, who's new to the editing scheme here at Super Carlin Brothers, but we're sure it's going to be just an amazing new addition to the team. Yeah, I'm um, very excited for that. Uh, but otherwise, guys, as ever, if you'd like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. There is, of course, that quarterly merch, which is currently available uh, through the end of the year, uh, which will grant you access to the uh, rocks glass with the uh, the like D20 rock, if you will, embedded, melted right there into the side. It is ridiculously cool looking. We do have pictures of it available over on the Patreon if you want to go and get a glimpse as to what you'd actually be receiving. Uh, in addition to that, Jay and I will be recording an episode of uh, D&D with the crew here at Super Carlin Brothers, where... Um, uh, that that episode will also be available attached to uh, your sign up as a digital download. So if you'd like to check it out again, one last time, patreon.com slash popcorn culture. We super appreciate all of your support. Uh, but otherwise, guys, until next time. Pop, pop. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.